Dustin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Happy Lunar New Year. Yes, I saw that last. Was it last week? Or yeah, I think it was over the weekend. It's the year of the ox. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Me neither. Um, I think it's supposed to be people who are born this year are supposed to be strong, reliable, fair, and conscientious. They inspire confidence in others. Uh-huh. Which, okay. <laughs> Do you know what year you were born? I think I was born year of the rabbit. Let me check. Okay. I was born the year of the cock. Of course. <laughs> the, roo- <laughs> the rooster. Yeah. When I was born was the year of the rabbit. Okay. I don't know what that means at all, but allegedly I'm polite. Not true. <laughs> Cautious, responsible. Not true. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. you stable, hesitant, foolhardy. No, 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 none of this is me. Yeah. Year of the cock. What is year of the cock like? What are their characteristics? Warm-hearted, capable, honest, ambitious, and have a strong um, sense of self-respect and seldom rely on others. That's me. Because I'm very independent. Cold-hearted. <laughs> Please. Most of them are born pretty or handsome, and they prefer to dress up. That is me. All day. Oh, you haven't dressed up in a while, have you? Because <laughs> you don't leave the house. I really don't. I don't. I got my new um, Lululemon <laughs> <laughs> joggers and a hoodie, so I'm going to be dressed up in my meetings. Yeah. Okay, man. How was your uh, Valentine's weekend? It was very relaxing and kind of chill like you know we've been at this for a while so mm-hmm. we had already said that we weren't gonna do any gifts okay. so um we didn't so like he was on call on saturday so when he got home on sunday morning which was valentine's day um like i had made breakfast mm-hmm. um i had made him a, a card and that was pretty much it. We just, you know, hung out. We were gonna, um, I had this idea that we were gonna do, um, have you heard of these intimacy decks? Yes, I actually got one for my um, boyfriend a few months back. It's called, the one we have is called The And. Oh, no. Yeah, but it's just like questions that you ask each other and stuff like that. Yeah, so this one was from Best Self Company, but they didn't okay. come in in time. So we're going to have to hold that for a while. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they didn't get here in time. So um, yeah, the idea is you draw a card from the deck and it has like, you know, random questions, conversation starters, and it's supposed to like reconnect. Um, and, you know, you get to talk about these questions from your perspective. So it's like, how did I make you smile this week? Or name a time when, you know, this happened and right. how did you feel and things like that. So um, yeah, I, I like it. I think some people might think it's kind of forced, but I think when you're in a relationship and it's just like you have your work life and just all the pressures of life and the pandemic, it's kind of like a nice way to ask questions that you might, that are heavy or that are silly and kind of just to facilitate a conversation. I like them, but. It's a bit soon. No, never mind. 
<laughs> but um but yeah that was pretty much it um and then for dinner i made this uh recipe i saw well it was on the tiktok i don't have the tiktok um but it was the baked feta um with the tomatoes the pasta yeah. recipe so i was hesitant because you know i don't use the tiktok like that so i don't know what be going on on there but Martha Stewart posted about it. So I was like, oh, okay. Like if she gives it, you know, the green light, then then I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. So basically you take um, cherry tomatoes, which I don't like tomatoes at all. So I was a bit, you know, hesitant in doing this recipe. So you like take the cherry tomatoes, you pour some olive oil mm-hmm. and like salt, pepper, and then you put a block of feta cheese like in the middle and then you basically put it in the oven and roast it for like 45 minutes or something like that. Okay. And then you boil your, your pasta. And then when it's done, you kind of stir up the mix. Because basically it's like a, it kind of confies the tomatoes. So they basically kind of cook in the oil, not fried, but they just kind of cook and they like pop and then it kind of makes the sauce and then the cheese melts and then you have the herbs and then you take take it out of the oven and then you mm-hmm. take you crush some some fresh garlic in it so you have to have a garlic press so be in the home where you have the garlic press the garlic presses are everywhere (laughs) and then um you kind of stir the fresh garlic and then kind of cooks a little bit i added some different stuff because the recipe was a bit basic so i added like some uh bell peppers i added a whole clove of garlic and let that kind of melt down and then i added olives as well so added all that Mixed it all up, and it was really good. It's it's very very delicious. Nice, sounds really yeah. good. Yeah, so yeah I was... saw a couple okay. people doing that on like it's not that it was a challenge, but you remember a couple of weeks back, everyone was like doing the tortilla thing where they like divided mm-hmm. it in four mm-hmm. sections and all that. And then mm-hmm. the next thing it seemed like it was the baked feta, but I've been dying to try it, just haven't tried it yet. It's really good. Good. Yeah. Yep. My weekend was nice. My weekend was really, really relaxing. Um, my boyfriend was on call as well. But girl, bye. He's not in a pet store. He was on call at the equine hospital. And pet or neutered. Uh, child's a lot more than that. But um, yeah, so he was on call all weekend. But then he really wasn't feeling well. So I kind of like went up and took took care of him. You know, when you're not just feeling well, you, it's nice to have someone there to care for you. And then, I'm the um, opposite. I don't like that. Really? You don't like people seeing you vulnerable? <laughs> no, it's not that. I just don't want to be a burden. So I kind of just isolate myself and work through it on my own. Yeah. I know. I'm a big old baby when I'm not feeling well or when I'm sick. So I like to have someone to kind of like be there for me. But we did that. And then um, we ended up doing our Valentine's Day, which is really simple. Made a lovely dinner at home. A little surf and turf sitch. Some nice music, some good wine, good conversation, and a lovely evening. And this... what? <laughs> what you got to say? Go. Nothing. I mean, this was your first Valentine's, right? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. There's no unshady way to say this. So everyone receive, <laughs> receive it how you will. But I feel like this is going to be a lot of people's last Valentine's together really why well you know a lot of these relationships were popping up during 
the health situation and the Rona going on and everyone was, you know, blowing up on all the apps trying to find someone to lock it down with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm hopeful that this year, you know, the world is going to open back up at some point and so will people's options. And <laughs> once that happens, a lot of these relationships are just not going to make it. Hmm. I mean, I think that's a reality. I think that, you know, COVID has ended a lot of relationships in that, you know, people really didn't know their partner or didn't like being stuck in the house with them. And it's leading to a uptick in divorce. But I think also it's caused a lot of people to solidify their relationship and um, become more solid. So, you know, it's just different strokes for different folks. Yeah, I just think that it's a weird time to be starting a relationship. And I think that a lot of people wanted to, like you said, they either were in the situation where it's like, okay, bitch, this is my out. This is my way to get out of this. Or it was like, on the other end, people were, you know, facing some serious kind of things. And they were like, well, I don't want to go through this alone. So Mm -hmm. I might get someone. But I know a lot of my friends um, chose not to. Like they, you know, remained single. They isolated. They weren't you know, kind of as pressed to, like, kind of right. get someone. And so, you know, it kind of, it, I guess it's hard for them as well. So that's why I always try to, you know, like, check on them and make sure they're okay. And, you know, how are they coping with, um, you know, being, being alone? Because, you know, when you're in lockdown and you're single, like you said, you don't have that person to, like, check on you if you're sick or mm-hmm. you don't have that person to kind of, you know, kind of talk to on the regular. So, um, so yeah. It's yeah, different I mean, it's, it's it's crazy timing, you know, like, but when it's right, it's right. And timing can be different for people. And I think, it's, you know, it just takes different people to know whether it's going to work out for them. I just, for me, it's like, of course, I would find someone that I'm so into during a pandemic, right? Like, because when I was ripping around in these streets, but maybe it caused me to focus. I mean, it, I think it's a lot of different ways to look at it. There's a lot of different points of view. Well, yeah, and if but you roll, just... the, roll the dice long enough, your number's going to come up eventually. Right, and I was out here rolling. <laughs> what a bad girl. Mm-mm. All right, child. So let's get into these. Oh, no, I always want to jump to the categories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you drinking? Bartesian again? Of course. Of course. Of course. They still have not called me yet, so wow. something's going on. Yeah, but... we need to, like... Yeah, at them. (laughs) Right. But so today we're recording on Tuesday. It's Mardi Gras. Oh, is it? It is. It is Mardi Gras. Nice. The last day of sin before Lent and Easter and everything. So, Are you giving up anything for Lent? Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm not Catholic. No, that's right. Yeah, and I already don't eat meat, so can't give that up. True. Alcohol, maybe? Okay. <laughs> Not with the Bartesian <laughs> yeah, right. set up. I mean, they do have the mocktail situation, but I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. It's oh, a waste of my time. But is. in honor of Mardi Gras, I am drinking a Sazerac, which is the Ooh. official drink of New Orleans. I did not know that. Oh, is it? I thought it would be like a hurricane or a hand grenade or something. 
Hmm. Yeah, I would think a hurricane. I mean, I've never been to New Orleans. I've been dying to go, but yeah, Sazerac. What Sazerac. is Sazerac? So it is. Um, it's a whiskey-based cocktail. It has like absinthe, and so it's kind of like you know licoricey, and mm-hmm. it has bitters and whiskey and cognac, and that's it. And so. <laughs> It's a bit strong. They describe it as having sweet notes and Creole zest. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's Creole zest. What exactly zest. is Creole zest? Flavor. Oh. Okay. Les et les bon temps roulés. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking this week? I'm just having a gin fizz. You know, I love my gin cocktails. So it's just a little bit of gin, a squirt of lemon juice, some simple syrup, and just, you know, club. Club soda. That's mm. it. I'm trying to keep it light because I'm on this like weight loss mission. Mm. I'm trying to drink my calories. Well. Mm-hmm. It tastes good. You know, I love a good gin. I really don't. But this um, Bartesian has got me in, a bit more into gin. Right, I thought it was like, you know, opening you up to the world of gin. Yeah, because they do have a couple... Um, good gin drinks like the aviation which i love um, mm-hmm. and then they have um a lot of their martinis are gin-based martinis so okay. they have a matcha martini which it was a bit heavy on the matcha for me but overall it's okay okay yeah and then the uptown okay. rocks is a gin-based cocktail and it's really good as well Uptown Rocks. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into these categories for the week. Are you ready, sir? <laughs> I'm ready. What you got? Oh, I want to talk about something that I watched last week. It was really, okay. really um, good. Did I talk about framing Britney Spears a lot? No, because I no. believe it happened after we... Recorded. Right, right. So I watched Framing Britney Spears, and it's weird to go back and watch that because... I lived it, right? Like, you know, the early 2000s when Britney was, like, at her height. Because I think she came out in 1999. So I remember watching, you know, Hit Me Baby One More Time on the box and being very into music as a young teenager or tween or whatever in the late 90s. And I was very much into the boy band scene because that was just huge. And I was very into the girl groups that were kind of popping up around then. But obviously, Britney Spears was like it. And you had your little Christina Aguilera afterwards, your Jessica Simpsons, your Mandy Moores. But But it was crazy to kind of watch a documentary because I watch lots of documentaries. But I watch documentaries about things that I feel like are important. Yeah, that are a have some kind of no. Honestly, it's like I feel like I watch documentaries about things that have some big significance, like documentaries on climate change or the prison industrial complex, or you know, just bigger issues that are systemic and affect large communities of people. Not a documentary on one person. Uh Um, It it was kind of going to be behind the music, but it definitely had a point of view that was very, very in support of Britney. And I remember everything vividly. I remember the 2007 umbrella and shaving the head incident and the umbrella hitting the car. Mm-hmm. I remember the Justin Timberlake video. Wow. I, rem- I just remember all this stuff. And it's crazy because I think that it also highlighted for me how we kind of grown 
as a society in terms of how we discuss matters related to women and issues of misogyny and how the media treats women. And there's still a lot of work to be done. But when I was a kid going on PerezHilton.com and being on the blogs and watching all this unfold, I really didn't think much of it. But looking back on it now, so almost 20, you know, 15, 10 to 10 to 20 years later, the media really did do Britney dirty. They did not treat her well. Well, I think it's a a lot of things that were going on. So uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time came out in 98. Mm. And they always do that thing with the girl, the female women artists, is that they pit them against each other. And so you had Mm -hmm. Britney versus Christina. So Britney was the more... Uh, popular one she was the more right you know like likable one i guess whereas christina was the grown one and she sang to grown and but she christina clearly had like the vocal and the talent mm-hmm. but she was not as popular as britney spears and then you had you know same thing with like brandy and monica or they try to put you know two women against each other at the same time. Right, right. It's like they can't exist in the same space. And so, you know, you have these factions that pop up. And then on top of that, they always, you know, try to create a relationship situation out of it. And um, hers was Justin Timberlake because he was in, what was he in? In sync. Boys in sync. They all are the same. And so, um, (laughs) But NSYNC was hot at the time and, you know, Justin Timberlake was the front runner and he was, you know, they were going to be like the pop prince and princess. And it it Mm -hmm. clearly, you know, Justin Timberlake is an asshole and they were trying to use that to kind of boost both of their careers at the same time. And it just became a hot mess. I did not watch the documentary, but I read enough about it like on Mm-hmm. the internet that I don't necessarily feel any kind of way about. It. I think that it was a sad to say, but she was just a victim of the times. Right. I totally get that, you know, and and it's, it, it's unfortunate and sad, but she was, that's kind of what it chalks up to being a victim of the times. Mm-hmm. And I get, and now she's trying to get some justice. And it was crazy to me because there were um, Britney, free Britney activists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously their campaign happens a lot on social media, on Twitter. And they were, they organized a march before the courthouse. And I was just kind of looking at it almost, I felt as though I was judging them because I guess I was. Oh, wow. I'm like, there's all these issues in the world, climate change, racial injustice, the prison system, education, um, environmental issues, student loans. Like there's so many issues. Mm-hmm that affect lots of people that you can rally behind and organize behind to actually effectuate change. And again, this is a private citizen with a mm-hmm. private conservatorship. It's a private matter. And yeah, it's like, this is the problem with celebrity and pop culture and being fascinated with it. But this is not going to actually change the outcome for Britney. But what it is doing is bringing more awareness to her situation. But that's a private matter at the end of the day. You know, yeah. I don't think that she should have a conservatorship. I don't think that that's what they're intended for. Well, and I think uh, there's some financial abuse happening. But well, yeah, you know, 
But I mean, all these people, and this is the cause that you take up. It's like, girl, Kim, right. people are dying. Right. <laughs> out here. And you worried about your earring that fell off in the ocean. Like, girl, no, ma'am. Britney Spears will be okay. And I think right. a lot of it is that, you know, as far as the conservator- conservatorship, mm-hmm. um, okay. But yeah, it was established when she was at a point where she was having a mental breakdown. And I don't know all of the legal stipulations and implications of it. I did not read any of the court documents. So I don't know what was going on. Like nobody right. knows. Like she was hospitalized and, mm-hmm. you know, she had shaved her head and then she she married the guy first. Wait, what happened? I, I forget the timeline. Yeah, but... she married a couple of people. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, um, so like we don't know what all was going on behind the scenes, and right. Then the conservatorship, and then the father was always trying to get the money. Which is, that's there's always a family member that's trying to get the money. Sure. And then there was a point and then the marriage with uh wasn't it kevin and she had two kids like it was a lot going on because i feel like he was trying to get the money too and mm-hmm. yeah it's sad that she is what almost 40 right and she still has this conservatorship but pretty i don't care like she, she i don't well, think still. she yeah like i don't think she cares she's still getting her royalties whatever piece of money that she can um, have access to. She's living good. She is eating good, dancing off beat in that kitchen with that, <laughs> with that choker necklace. She always got on the choker. She do. She got and a she got boyfriend. that fine ass boyfriend. Like that's all I need right there, and I don't have to do nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm good, and Brittany's right. good. Right. Yeah, but I thought it was it was it was interesting to watch. I've just been watching so much television. Did you watch um, the series? It was in the top 10 on Netflix. It's called The Crime Scene Investigation. No, I don't like those. Okay, I love that kind of shit. Okay, so we can talk about that another time or offline. Yeah, well, I don't... Aside from this baked feta pasta, I don't do anything that's trending. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) the stuff that's usually trending on Netflix... Mm-hmm. I don't really pay attention to like right except Bridgerton, Lupin, and that's about it. Right. But um, but I don't like the crime scene stuff. I think it has to do with because my mom is a police officer. Mm-hmm. Like I just yeah I just am really turned off to like crime. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So do you have any categories? Anything you you want to discuss? Um, some good news. Yes. So our Duchess, my person of the year for 2018 and 2019, wait, 2019, my person of the year forever, Mm -hmm. um, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, one, she won her court case against the tabloids in, um, the UK. So that was the first bit of good news that, you know, we got surrounding her, but on Valentine's Day, she and Prince Harry announced that they are expecting their second child. Yes. I was so excited when I saw the announcement. Elated. Yeah. How are you feeling? Well, it was like I had thought she was pregnant anyway, mm-hmm. because 
there was one picture of her where she had on um like this jacket and she's kind of thick in the middle it was like after or around the time um she had she did that editorial piece it was when she you know okay. was writing about her miscarriage in july but then this was like late last year so like no mm-hmm. i was like oh she kind of thick in the middle um but then she was recently on um because you know they do like the skype calls or like the zoom calls where they meet with like right. organizations but they you, you know you only see from like the neck up and i was like her nose is kind of wide and her hair was thick not nose wide mm-hmm. <laughs> and her hair was thick thick like kind of like it was when um she was pregnant with archie so i was like mm, i think megan's pregnant but you know you don't want to say anything or you don't want to speculate it, right yeah to jinx it especially you know coming off of their um pregnancy loss from last summer but you know you kind of still we're thinking mm-hmm. about it and then um on sunday my sister-in-law sent me the link first and she was like oh my gosh she's pregnant and it's a link to um a twitter post that has she's like laying on her back with her head like on harry's leg and he's got um you know his like feet to the camera mm-hmm. and it's black and white and she has this huge baby bump oh i love and it she think... looks pretty far along yeah yeah, she really nope. does. Which does make sense because I think, given you know the miscarriage, and she would probably want to wait a little bit longer to announce this this time. Yeah, and then also um, Prince Harry's cousin, uh, Princess Eugenie, was um, expecting her first child, and you know they kind of had a situation mm-hmm. because they announced that Meghan was pregnant at Eugenie's wedding. <laughs> it's like right, hey, it's still my thunder, girl. It's they probably wanted to wait out of respect sure. to like what had just happened uh at their wedding so it was like yeah let's just let's just hold off mm-hmm. and so princess eugenie had her baby i want to say like maybe a week and a half ago oh wow ago. what'd she have she had a boy oh. they haven't released the name yet but she's staying in prince harry um and, and megan's frogmore cottage estate nice yeah so, so someone's using it free housing <laughs> hey <Right>. basically <laughs> and they didn't have to pay the renovation shit right make it all modern and nice mm-hmm. yeah but but yeah i'm excited they didn't say when she was due i expect it's before the summer okay yeah she looked pretty far yeah i, I know we all want a healthy baby obviously first and foremost but I would be lying if I didn't say that I was secretly like hoping for a girl. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think most people would be. I mean, it's just it's just like you have a boy, you mm-hmm. want a girl. You kind of mm-hmm. want both because it is a different experience as a parent, you know. Yeah. 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 But the the sentimental thing about it, about releasing the news on Valentine's Day was that when Princess Diana was um pregnant with Harry, Mm-hmm. She released the news on Valentine's Day. Oh, thirty-seven come, years. Come through with the facts, oh, yes. Yeah. And so that was sweet because you know she won't be here to celebrate right. the baby. But oh, it was a nice little homage. homage. <laughs> yes, Princess Diana. So yeah, we wishing lots of love and happiness 
Yes, absolutely. So excited. Do you think that they're going to... Will the baby get a title? I'm confused about that. Because I know that, like, Archie doesn't technically have one or something like that. Right. So right now, definitely not. um, Because the way that Her Majesty the Queen did the letters patent um, Mm -hmm. was that... Because she had to amend them because typically... Um, the titles stop at the um, the son of the heir. So technically, Prince William's children should not have been titled as prince or princess. Okay, but um, sort of not entitled to like you know his or her royal highness. And so she changed it because you know they really haven't had the situation in a long time because the queen has lived so long. Mm-hmm. You know, now she has, <clears throat> this will be her 10th great grandchild. And so, um, yeah, they just ran into a situation where they were like, okay, well, we'll let's change it up, especially because, you know, they're right. lying to the throne. Um, and then, so when um, Megan was pregnant, so technically only Prince William's children were entitled to an automatic title. Mm-hmm. But Prince Harry, one, they wanted their children to be private citizens. So they said they weren't going to give Archie a title, which gotcha. falls in line to the, to the you know, kind of amendment that, print, that the Queen made. But then, technically, when Charles becomes king, then mm-hmm. Prince Harry's kids will technically automatically be upgraded to Prince gotcha. or Princess and Royal Highness status nice awesome yeah because they're in the male line they're direct grandchildren of the sovereign at that point so it's like technically Mm -hmm. they um they should but i don't know we'll see right when you said the male line do you mean like Mm -hmm. because they're men or well because they come from the line of like their father so Princess Anne, who is the queen's only daughter, her right. children aren't in the male line. They're the female line. Gotcha. Whereas all of the kids of like the sons, like, like the blood princes, Prince Charles, Prince Andrew, Prince Edward, mm-hmm. technically are um, in the male. They're in the male line. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Gotcha. It gets complicated because like some of them want their kids to be, you know, more have be more independent or they're so far down the line of succession that it mm-hmm. doesn't matter but but yeah awesome thanks for explaining that because it is a little complicated if you're not an anglophile like yourself <laughs> i know yes so what else um do we have any other categories for the week no it's but slow. we it's mm-hmm. been a slow week i it's have been a slow a, couple weeks yeah so this is just a quick, uh, I wouldn't even call it like a listener letter or like a, maybe it's a realness topic. Okay. So one of my friends, I'm not going to name who it was, but they wrote, they <laughs> wrote me a text and was like one of their coworkers. I'm like, okay, is it you or is it really a coworker? Mm-hmm. Um, had a question and they were like, you know, being that we are living in the everyone work from home, socially distanced right. situations, would it be appropriate to date, see, 
or smash one of your coworkers because you're technically not in the office anymore, so you don't have to worry about the office dynamics. Okay. I would still say no. Okay. Okay. Why not? Um, just because for me, I've always felt like you need to kind of get your your relationship and your work in different areas. Like, don't shit where you eat, so to speak. You know, like you get your you get your you need to have diversity. And I think that I mean, me personally, I have a strict policy about not dating people in the workplace. Um, fortunately for me, I've never found anyone that I work with to even be remotely attractive you or have that wrong kind of situation. I, I, I am. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> but um, I just don't even really do that. Like, even in terms of, like, friendships, you know, you always got your work friend. Mm-hmm. I keep that very, like, you know, separate just because things get messy and work is for work. And you, have, I have friends outside of work. I don't go to work for a social outlet. I go to work to earn a living and get employment and i think that you know a workplace romance can really complicate things and just because we're not actually in a physical place Mm -hmm. right where we go every day and work doesn't mean that we're not colleagues anymore like you still have to work with one another it could affect the working dynamics it can you know impact how your colleagues or your superiors perceive you um, but you know, with that said, most people do meet their significant others in the workplace. So, um, I, I for me, I don't see a reason to relax my personal standards just mm-hmm. because it's COVID. Well, you relax a lot more. So, what are you talking about? Oh, never mind, girl. But um, I don't. I think normally I would say it's inappropriate, but I think mm-hmm. now being in situations where we're not necessarily going back to work. Like I know my job, but they're like, y'all ain't going back ever. Right. Um, and you know, like we said earlier, people are missing out on these opportunities to come in contact with people who are dateable or that they find attractive, or, you know, or like mm-hmm. just the options are limited. So, right. I mean, you know, Valentine's day was just <laughs> the other day. So maybe this person was feeling, some kind of way or like mm-hmm. you know, maybe they were missing out on that on that feeling but i think no i i would say like pre- prior to corona i would say if you didn't work in the same department and or like the same like mm-hmm. physical area like he's in the next cubicle or you know she's around the corner in the office or we're on the same team then i would say no, but you know, if you <laughs> worked on different floors or right, you know, different buildings, because you know, a lot of um, like my current company, they have a huge campus and they're like, it's building spread out, it looks like a college campus from what I hear. Mm-hmm. I've never been there personally, but um, but yeah, I think it's it's in that instance, it's okay, like if there's enough like separation there, right. and I feel like being you know how we are now working in this remote and virtual environment, I think there is enough separation, especially like say you're not on the same team. So a lot of um, communication is like via email or teams or chats, or we mm-hmm. have um, like our employee resource groups and these people, you know, they don't live near, near you or they don't work near you. So it's like, right. You know, that's another kind of opportunity to connect. So 
I would say if you're in one of those situations where you don't have to deal with them all the time, you don't report to them or work right, you don't report to them, the, right? Yeah, then I think it's okay, and that's a departure from like things I would say in the past. Sure. Yeah, yeah and I, I guess also because of the pandemic, like you know, people are in their homes and the limited human interaction that they are getting is mm-hmm. on these Zoom meetings or team meetings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could develop something for someone in the workplace. But again, I think that I take that back to your earlier discussion of like, well, are people just getting in relationships because it's a pandemic? Do people have this mm-hmm. longing? Are people lonely? Do people have this longing to just form some kind of a human connection because they're being deprived mm-hmm. of, of, of that? And the main social outlet that we all still have or we see people outside of our immediate household is through work, even if mm-hmm. we do see them through a screen. So, you know, especially if you live in an urban area where you uh-huh. can meet up with somebody, I think that that would tempt people to think. Yeah. I would say my only um, caveat would be it depends on how their background looks. Because what you mean? if their house looked nasty in the background, I'm not oh, gosh. Like... <laughs> If your raggedy kids be coming in and out the door, I'm not dating you. Not raggedy kids. <laughs> you know, them kids be loud. They do. Aren't they supposed to be on their own school, um, well, Zoom school? Yeah. And then, if but if you also, you know how they always have, um, some of them have like the virtual backgrounds or like it blurs out. If I can't see what your house looks like. House looks like. I'm yeah. not dating you at all. That's, a, that's an interesting thing, because I was talking with one of my friends, and she was saying at her company that they have a policy now for Zoom meetings, like mm-hmm. certain kind of conduct that you have to have for these meetings, and they require everyone to put a background up, mm-hmm. because I guess some employees were expressing that they don't feel comfortable, or they feel like it's an mm-hmm. invasion of their privacy, having people see into their home, mm-hmm. seeing what they have, or they were saying that like, you know, they feel judged because they don't have a really nice setup or background. <laughs> things may be messy. And my thing is this. If you can't find one corner. One. Just one. And clean that up and have that be mm-hmm. your designated workspace. Yeah. Then I don't know what to tell you. Like, you need to get your life together. You have a lot of things that you need to be working on. You know, that should go in the performance improvement plan and the annual review. Like, Not you on a pimp, girl. You know, because my thing is, is this. If you were working at the office and your office was crazy and a mess and your desk was Mm -hmm. a mess and it was like just shit everywhere your boss will come say something to you so just designate a little corner of your home you know you know you don't have a commute now so you can just clean up that area and have that be your designated workspace you know that's just it but even you know my thing when i have meetings with people for different things i find that people don't turn on their cameras and that's so frustrating like turn on your camera that should be just compulsory It, if the meeting is after like eleven, what? Why do you say that? Because like sometimes, literally, I just wake up and roll out, log on the VPN, and I'd be like looking a mess. Like I haven't <laughs> washed my face or nothing because I have eight thirty meetings sometimes. I'm like, mm, y'all mm-hmm. really pushing it, so I don't turn on my camera like the fir- very first meeting in the morning. Like then, gotcha. I need to get my coffee. I need to wash my face. I need to brush my teeth. I'm still going to have on my Lululemon hoodie, but I'm not going to be looking a mess. Right. I get that. I get that. Yeah. But then part of it was like, remember some when the kids started the virtual school, they were saying that um, 
the backgrounds were too much because like people's <laughs> mamas were walking through in their house coat mm-hmm. and no bra on, no bra mm-hmm. the head uh wrapped up in the rollers and stuff right on this yeah mm-hmm. but that's the thing yeah i i'm ready to go back to the workplace actually uh-uh. you're not well i don't think you're ever going back i went back yeah we're not for the first time today so I thought y'all had been going back. Then they stopped it. Then they mm-hmm. started. They stopped it. They started. Mm-hmm. So I was back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, even if they did, because I have coworkers who are like, my kids are on my nerves. I'm so ready to go back to the office. I'm like, that's your problem. You mm-hmm. should have worn some protection. But, Not worn protection. Choices. I mean, or get your kids together. Right. But I don't, even if we were in a situation where we had to go back, I probably would not want to go back. Sure. I mean, this is really nice to be able to work from home. It offers mm-hmm. a level of convenience. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's something to be said for like getting up, getting dressed, and actually going to a place, you know, every day. I definitely think we need to eliminate the five day work week, though. Like that just oh, never sure. happened again. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Mm-mm. Yeah, I agree. Yes, child. Well, do you? That was a good little realness type of topic, actually. Thanks to your friend for suggesting that. No problem. Best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our. Um, I said what I said. What's your what said what I said? So, yeah, the other day I was driving, and you know. I listen to NPR mainly when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. I like talk radio. So I forget. It was the morning time. I forget exactly what show it was. But they were on NPR and they were talking about people who are getting the COVID shot out of sequence. So basically, there's like different mm-hmm. rounds to mm-hmm. get the COVID shot. And they start with like the, I think maybe like a 75 plus and 65, 55, so on and so forth. And they're saying that there's a lot of people who are like in their late 20s, early 30s, who don't have any underlying health conditions, mm-hmm. but, you know, and who may not be essential workers, but they're actually like, you know, they've signed up on various lists. Um, and the woman they interviewed actually was in Philadelphia. So she signed up on a list to just go get a COVID shot from Rite Aid. And she didn't even think that it would be able to happen because she was in her early 30s. Mm-hmm. And she went to Rite Aid and was able to get the shot. And then she went back, got her second shot. Now she's uh fully vaccinated and they were basically saying in the article in the story that people who were getting their covid shot out of sequence are committing like ethical fraud and have a real like they were questioning a a matter issue of their ethics because they're like Mm -hmm. you know it should really go to the older people because they need it and it's actually delaying and hindering the recovery process for covid because Mm -hmm. we're not going to get back just to normal because the most vulnerable populations aren't getting vaccinated right but i think Mm -hmm. that and they were kind of saying the people who were out here getting the covid vaccine they're saying that if it's made available to you you know do your job and you're not an essential worker or if it's somehow made available to you through some other means um that you should decline it and wait until it's your turn to go for your your group and I just was so pissed because I got shared here. I've gotten both vaccines. You jumped the line too, bitch. I didn't jump the line. And I, I kind of felt like they were like a hit dog wall holler. <laughs> so I'm like, they talk yeah. about me. 
I'm like, okay, my, given my job, my employer made it available to me because of the nature of my work. Like, I work in essentially an assisted living facility. So they want to have everyone there. Well, that's where the offices are. But like, they want to have everyone there vaccinated for the health of the resident, right? So I was like, well, that was how I was able to get the shot. So it's not like I did anything fraudulent or lied to skip the line. It was made available to me due to the nature of my work. No, I'm not an essential worker in terms of the classic you know, definition of such, like a nurse or a doctor or EMT. But I do have some underlying health con- you know, conditions. I have asthma. And I got the shot. And I felt like I was doing my part. I felt like I was you know, getting vaccinated, trying to stop the spread of COVID, trying to make sure that You're I protect myself, travel. trying to protect my family. <laughs> and they were really out here, like, if you got the COVID shot, if even if it was a, available to you through your work, that you should have declined it and you're unethical and that you're cheating the system. And they were basically, like, they even had one woman, she was, like, saying that because you got the shot, like, someone's going to die. Like, True. And I was just like, really? That's, yeah. I don't know. I think that that stance was a little bit extreme. And I think that it's it's a it's a multifaceted conversation, right? Like there's lots of people who are in those groups who the shot is available for right now, and they're declining the shot. So I think that, you know, we need to try to get everyone's vac- vaccinated as soon as they can possibly get it. Just like Dr. Fauci said, as soon as it's made available to you, go get it. And I felt like I was doing my part to protect myself, protect my family, my loved ones. And I felt like yeah, NPR you be, you be was really trying to come for me. And others who have gotten the shot. Well, a lot of those were the gays over COVID who were just trying to go to Puerto Vallarta. Which right? Mexico, you don't even need to get tested to go to Mexico. You don't? Which I no, you don't. Which I thought was reckless. Right. But <laughs> I guess. But um so in Philadelphia, uh well in Pennsylvania in general, you can um like log on to this website called yourturn.gov, I believe, mm-hmm. and basically sign up. And then when you're, it's your turn, you know, you'll get alerted. But in Philadelphia, um, the city, which is the county as well, mm-hmm. um, they have a separate website. So when I um, saw the CDC notification that said that if you um, are fully vaccinated, then you won't need to quarantine if you and you can travel. I was like, oh shit, bitch, I'm trying to get me a passport stamp. Right. Let me go and log on and and sign up. So but you don't get any kind of notification. Like you just put in your information. It doesn't tell you anything. It's like it's gone into the ether. And it's like mm. that's it. So I don't know when I signed up. I don't know when I'm gonna get called or anything. Okay. So we'll just see, but I do think that if you are healthy, you have no, you know, pre-existing conditions or, you know, compromised immune system, I do feel like you should wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think if you're, and especially if you're not a frontline worker um, or a teacher, which I think teachers should have gotten it first. Absolutely. As well. But, especially because you can't vaccinate anyone under the age of 18. Right. The students. Mm-hmm. So, I, so. I mean, I can see what the NPR was saying. It is a bit extreme, um, but I do think that the importance is getting the most vulnerable people 
vaccinated uh, first. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I totally disagreed with the NPR, um, you know, piece because it, it really was shaming people <laughs> for for getting the vaccine, and it, I think it sends a lot of mixed messages because. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of populations or groups of people who, out here who are opting not to get the vaccine, mm-hmm. and that's their choice. And I think that people have that the right to make that choice, but don't admonish someone for making a choice, you know, so long as they're not being fraudulent. Now, if you're out here lying and skipping the line and creating mm-hmm. fake information to get a shot, then that's totally unacceptable. Yeah. But that's if true. just if you're just a younger person and you are an essential worker or you care for an elderly person or you care for a child with special needs or something like that and you're not a traditional essential worker you should not feel bad about getting the shot like why should you wait if it was made available to you and you legally rightfully got it that's all whatever makes you feel better i guess (laughs) and also like what about like all all these the state administering it, you know, like, because Pennsylvania's administration of the COVID vaccination has been terrible. Yeah. You know, like, you have to also focus on there. But that's, I say what about, I say. Yeah. You heard about the people in Philly. Yes. Stealing the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving it to their friends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And mess. Mm-hmm. So, do you have an say what I said this week? You know, mine for this week is kind of going back to the Framing Britney situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Justin Timberlake, and over the past few days, I guess he saw it too, and he got started getting all the mentions. His mentions was blowing up on social media, and so he released a statement mm-hmm. apologizing for basically being a white man and profiting off of right. all the dirty, shady shit he was doing. To Britney Spears, like when he um, outed that they had sex and he took her virginity and then the whole Crimea mm-hmm. River video and all the shit he did to profit off of her da- her downfalls, almost mm-hmm. lies, but her downfall um, in the wake of them breaking up because they always take the man's side or they, you know, right. make the woman, she's such a bitch or she crazy or they make up some kind of narrative. And so he fed into that and profited off of that. Then he also apologized to Janet Jackson, which was long overdue um, about the whole wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl. And then I started looking back at it and I was like, maybe Janet wasn't in on it because I I do think that the top had like snaps on it, but Mm -hmm. I don't think she told him to rip it off. Oh. So I don't know. That's another story for another day. I, I, I totally another day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he apologized <clears throat> to her because like the Grammys were like right after that, and she got disinvited. Mm. I believe he may have won a Grammy that day. I'm not sure, but um, then he was just making like jokes and remarks and all this kind of right. shit about it. And you know, as a white man, a man of privilege, he profited. He's been problematic for a while anyway. Yeah. Um, and just profiting off of women, specifically black women, because they played a clip of him and um, Sizzler when she was on the Ellen show. That's Sizzler. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was like talking over her and then doing all kind of like 
Ebonics and stuff. And I was like, okay. Yeah, he's always been kind of appropriation. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. And so he, you know, apologized to both of them. But I'm like, you can save that shit, Justin Timberlake, because unless you are giving back all of the money that you earned mm-hmm. since then off of all them records and um you got invited back to the Super Bowl to headline that shit again. Right. But you ain't invite Janet Jackson back with you. Well, now that would have been a more important gesture because you can save that Instagram post where you typed it up in notes and took a screenshot because mm-hmm. that's not what we wanted to see. So fuck you. Your songs is corny. And I said what I said. All right now. All right. It's now time for our last and final segment of the show. It is tens, tens, tens across the board. Do you want to go or shall I? Go ahead. All right. My tens this week goes out to Kendall Jackson. She's from Indiana. <laughs> is that yours? I thought you were going to say Kendall Jenner, girl. She oh, got no. a tequila. She got a tequila brand. Does she? Everyone has a tequila yes. brand these days. It's called 818. Get you some. 818. What's the significance mm-hmm. behind that number? I don't know. Is that like the area code Boom, like Oh. Unless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but my tens does not go to Kendall Kardashian. It goes to Kendall Jackson from Indiana. And she is the first African-American female Eagle Scout. Mm. Yes. She got all her little badges and pins. She's out here knowing how to, you know, camp and light fires and know nature. And I think that's amazing. Because I think that, you know, when I think of the Eagle Scouts and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. I don't mm-hmm. really often think of people of color being involved in that, right. you know? And it doesn't really seem like it makes an effort to include people who are inner city or even people who are not inner city. It just seems like a very quiet organization. So awesome for her to become the first African-American female Eagle Scout out here doing it. So tends to you, Kendall Jackson. So she don't sell the cookies. She don't. <laughs> I do love the cookies, though. I buy them cookies all the time. Are they out yet? They've been out. Well, I need to get me some lemonade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to the man on the subway. He got the deals. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Fraudulent as hell. Basically. Oh, gosh. So I have two tens this week. Okay. Quick, quick tens, you know, because this story has gone full circle. So Gorilla Glue Girl, also known as Tessica. And we ate her alive. Last oh my week. gosh. Yes. Oh my God. So, episode 322, Stuck on Stupid. Go listen to it if you haven't. But, yes. um, so she was able to get to LA to the doctor. Um, I forget his name, but he's African. Um, mm-hmm. And she was able to get that glue out her head. Her hair probably won't be in for much longer, but she debuted a. Real shortcut um, on the social media the other day, but she I mean, had to I go think the hair was short to begin with, though. But yeah. I mean, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's gonna be much shorter. She went bald head, scallywag. Yes, mm-hmm. ain't got no hair in the back. But um, she had to go fund me. Her original goal was like fifteen hundred. She ended up getting like over twenty thousand something 20, dollars. Yeah. Last well, I checked, uh-huh. it was. 23,000. Oh, okay. So she said that she's going to donate 20,000 of it to a organization 
that um, specializes in like reconstructive surgery. So people who have injuries or traumas or something, um, she's going to donate to the people who need it to, in order to, you know, get back to as close to their full selves as they can be. So like 10 feet for that girl. Cause yes, I was really proud. She did that. Cause it mm-hmm. was looking like she was out here for a come up. Yeah. And I'm glad that she's giving back to help people in yeah. similar situations. Well, not similar, but wow. in actually unfortunate situations. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she got a verified account now. So that's going to pay some, she, some dividends. She got management. Did you see the SNL skit? <laughs> yes. A mess. A mess. I don't know how I felt about it. Yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of, um, yeah. mm, But anyway, my second tens, my main tens is going to none other than my diva of choice, Mariah Carey. Mariah said, y'all can have these Grammys. Y'all can have all these awards and shit. Cause what I'm going to come for is all of your holidays. She's already the queen of Christmas Mm -hmm. and she's going to be the queen of Valentine's day as well. Wow. Did you hear? Her, we belong together. Late night Valentine's mix. No. Oh my gosh, she set YouTube on fire the other day. With oh, you want to send it like, to me? Intimate version of We Belong Together. She released it, I believe, on Saturday night for Valentine's Day, and it was everything. She redid the vocals, the arrangements, the instrumentations. It is amazing. It was, uh, you know, the regular length of the song, but then she said there's actually a seven-minute version that is going to be released tonight, February 17th at midnight or 16th. Anyway, it's coming out at midnight today. It'll be there tomorrow, regular and extended version, the 2021 rendition of We Belong Together. Okay, girl, get it. It was everything Mama gave you, and I think she was kind of throwing shade at Tessica. Not at Tessica House. Because she had, because she debuted like a darker look, her darker hair, because you know she gives you like a honey blonde. Ooh. She had a dark, like 1990 Mariah color. She looks so good with this she dark color hair. The swoop to the side and old nasty, heavy fishtail braid <laughs> over yeah, the shoulder. It's, it's, it's a little nod to Tessica. It's a little uh, nod. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, yes, but Mama did that. That was a whole performance. So check it out on YouTube. Oh, right now. I see it's on Instagram. I'm going to watch it as soon as we get off. Okay. Yeah, it is good. All right now. Well, Tens Mariah, thank you guys so much for listening to another week of Category Is. And we'll see you next week. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at categoryispod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at categoryispod.com. <laughs>